Good day, everyone. The purpose of this podcast is to showcase through different episodes the steps professionals have taken on their path to success in finding professional clarity. Today's episode features Serena Sayani. Serena currently works for Stokes Lawrence in Seattle, Washington, focusing on real estate and business law. Some of her recent accomplishments include the Rising Rock Star Crew Elevate Award given to her in 2019, the Up and Coming CRE Attorney Award given by the Puget Sound Business Journal also in 2019. Welcome to my podcast, Serena. Hi. It is a pleasure to have you Thanks here. Thanks for having me. Um, today we are hoping that through conversations we can shed light into what it means for you to be a lawyer, especially in today's competitive world. Um, like I said, I'm very happy to have you in this podcast. Um, can you start off by telling us a little bit about your background? Sure. Um, so I have been practicing in, um, as a lawyer since 2005, so almost 15 years now. And my specialty for at least the last 13 years has been commercial real estate law and business law. Um, that practice has basically meant that I represent um, various different funds, whether it's a pension fund or a real estate investment trust, as well as developers um, in their real estate holdings. Um, the, through their purchase of real estate, their development of real estate, construction and leasing to their acquisition and, and, and then later disposition of the projects. So that's kind of my focus of my practice. Um, I graduated from law school in 2005 from New York Law School in New York and I immediately moved out to Seattle and took the Washington State Bar, began practicing actually as a bankruptcy attorney Um, for a very short period of time and did not like that. So I moved into commercial real estate and now I'm here. Mm -hmm. Do you find, from what you're telling me, it sounds like you have in general been in a, a male-dominated world. And I'm going to generalize a little mm -hmm. bit here. Mm -hmm. I don't have specific numbers for it, but how has that been? So I think that's absolutely right. I mean, I look at um, that specific question from a two-layered you know, perspective, um, how, you know, how male dominated is the legal industry. And, you know, from some perspectives, the legal profession is doing a better job of having more and more women within the industry. But what the key characteristic about that is that makes it male dominated, you know, as we traditionally say that is that, um, how many women are in executive level or management or shareholderships in law firms? And the number is quite staggeringly lower than you would you would you would want or expect even. So yes, from a legal perspective, while there are many female attorneys, the question becomes how many of them are in positions of power with decision making authority. The second layer to that is commercial real estate, and not only does it you know carry the exact same issue about women in leadership, but I will say even further, there are less women within you know the commercial real estate industry just in general. Um, and the presence of that. And then, you know, if you were to go further into that, people of color are just very underrepresented in both fields. It makes makes perfect sense. Thank you for explaining that to us a little bit further. And one of, one of the main goals of this podcast, too, is to showcase, like I said, that the talent and what sometimes it takes to be that professional, in this case, in your field. Yes. Um, what would you say were some very good steps that brought you to where you are 
Um, and with that in mind, thinking that sometimes we, we grow up thinking we're going to be something. And mm-hmm. then sometimes, you know, we show up and we're like, oh, maybe this isn't what I want to do. Sure. Um, I want our viewers to know that that's okay. Yeah. I mean, so there's a couple things here. Um, one, I would be lying to say that I didn't have the focus. I, I wanted to be a lawyer since I was five. So, you know, I knew that was something I wanted to do. Now, at five years old, you don't really know what that means or what it entails to become a lawyer. And, you know, by some stage of luck and maybe perseverance and just natural personality for having a goal and sticking to it, um, it very quickly became, you know, my vocation, like my passion. And I love practicing law and I don't see myself, you know, steering away from that at all. But, you know, there's some interesting parts to that. And I look at it as, well, how did I, how do you get there? And I think, you know, there, you can't deny the, the two most important qualities, which is just working hard <laughs> and general perseverance, right? I mean, it, it's, you have to do the work and you have to work hard and you have, you have to be willing to put in the time. I mean, I don't think you can be a successful attorney in any area without understanding that that just takes long hours and lots of work and doing jobs that you didn't really want to do or you didn't imagine to do and persevering through that. But then it becomes a, a mission, right? I mean, you know, you, this is what you want to do. You keep doing it. And at some point in your career, you get a level of comfort, uh, seniority, maybe a mix of all of that, that allows you to really steer focus. And, I like to think of it as at this point in my career, it's not just being a lawyer, but holistically, what does that mean to me? What does my practice look like? What kind of manager, mentor do I want to be? And I and and frankly, what kind of imprint do I want to leave behind? And that is how I steer my focus going forward. So the drive necessarily isn't always, am I doing the biggest deals anymore? I mean, I love doing them and that's, you know, that's just my job. But but it's become a wider net of what do I want my practice to look like and what does my imprint about being a lawyer, being a woman as being a lawyer and being a person of color look like. I mean, there's so many different layers to that, but I, I think about that. And, and, and then I think the biggest thing is really deciding for yourself what your goals are. So what does that look like for you? Mapping that out for yourself. And that takes time, by the way. That evolves over time too. Um, and then executing on that having a plan that backs up that goal how are you going to achieve that success and letting it you know putting that intention out into the universe um whether you believe in that or not but that energy out there is you know talking to people about it you know don't be afraid to to say this is something i really want to do and talking about it with people whether because I feel like so often we have these goals and we're like, I don't want to say it to people because it seems lofty or it seems big or like that's maybe a little bit out of my realm of expertise. But if we don't start putting it out there, we don't start making the connections and the pathways to make that happen. And it only makes, frankly, goal achievement that much harder. That's very true. Do you think that we do enough? I, I, I know I read that you are doing quite a bit of work with mentoring uh, younger kids, high school, high, high school students. You can tell us a little bit more about what that entails um, and what you do with it, but I read some statistics not long ago about how much anxiety teenagers have nowadays and how difficult it is for them to actually even focus on academics because there's so much going on 
in their small worlds yes. and then the outer world. And I just keep thinking, what can we do to build them up to at that point to make sure that they that they do have in mind those goals and they're mapping them because yes. sometimes they do they have a very yes, clear path absolutely but then sometimes you have those students that maybe the typical traditional path doesn't work for them so how do they still get to where they want to be even if the traditional path might not work for them you know so gosh I mean when I think about you know I I was saying earlier and how I've adapted kind of my goal or my business plan for being. I don't even want to say lawyer, human, being my human, the mm-hmm. one the, the one I achieved to be or the person I want to be. I think about what areas of my life can or what things can I do to achieve those humanistic goals and to be the person that when I die or go to bed at night, whatever you want to look at it, I look at what did I do today to further that needle and, and did I meet that target or am I closer to that goal? And... You know, for me, my passions are like, that's the thing. I, I, not only do I love the law and it's very important to me and it's, I love commercial real estate. So those things, but then I look at who am I and what, it, what is it that I want to, what am I passionate about? And I am passionate about one mentorship um, as you, you know, so I, I'm getting to that, like, you know, this idea that I want to help young people get to where they want to be and then I think about women and people of color you know we are not often given the same pathways to success or opportunities as others and access to opportunities so how do I make that available and then the first thing I think of is being a being an example and then that means not only just being in a figurehead but also then providing the mentorship going forward so specifically for talking about young people um, you know I, I coach a high school mock trial team. Um, I don't have any children on the team. I mean, I call them my kids, but they're not really my kids. Um, and you know, they, these kids have a lot of pressure on them. I mean, the high school team is grade nine through grade 12. So freshmen through seniors and between freshmen, just dealing with, I just entered high school and juniors and seniors dealing with, I'm applying to go to college. There's a million things on their plate in addition to having a social life and Instagram and social media and all of these things. And most of my kids actually follow me on Instagram. Um, you know, some people ask me, how do you feel about that? And I was like, there's nothing on my Instagram that I'm not proud of because that is, it's a representation of my life. It's, you know, friends, family, my job, successes, whatever. And I use that platform to show my wholeness as a person. So they all follow me and um, I say that because it's important because I do think that that is part of how they see me and how they relate to me as a coach but also as a mentor to them. And I think that no matter what, you know, kids are different as we all are with different personalities and their path to their own success, as you say, is different. Some are, this is exactly what I want to do and some have no idea. Like for example, I have students that from the moment I started coaching them were like, I want to be a lawyer. And I have some students that were like, eh, I didn't want to be a lawyer when I started mock trial, but now I really want to be a lawyer. And that, I mean, frankly, that was one of my goals is to f- help them find direction by being a mentor and being a guide in that field, because that's what I know. I mean, sure, if you want to be a doctor, that's great. I don't know what it takes to be a doctor, so I can't 
other than going to graduate school or whatever. I don't have the same experience to offer, but what I do know is the path to becoming a lawyer, and I do feel like it's a very honorable profession. So if I can help motivate kids in that way to find a passion, then I'm doing it. But in addition to all that, I see these kids and they have people stresses like we do. And you know, it's, it's their own stress, but they cry, they panic, they stress out, uh, they doubt themselves. Yes. They'll sit there and be like, I failed, I'm horrible at this. Mm-hmm. And we've all had those conversations yes. with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And you'd be surprised, but you know, I spent a lot of time in those moments sitting down with them being like, you're not terrible at this, you're mm-hmm. amazing at this. What you're feeling is comp- completely natural. And the funny thing about that is I get more hearing myself say it for myself as a reminder mm-hmm. than maybe even they did. Yeah. I mean, I hope they get the, you know everything out of it. Mm-hmm. But it just reminds me that that you know being a mentor is it it's gift giving, right? Yes. Like you give them something and it's so rewarding for them and they need, and frankly they need that. Yes. In in a world where there's so many directions and there's so many people and. Instagram has people with, you know, they're showing their bathing suits and whatever, and there's nothing wrong with that. But like, what, who are you and what's your authentic self Mm -hmm. gets lost in all that picture. And to have somebody you look up to or that gives you direction or guidance or some sort of peace, Mm -hmm. you know, or or I was, I was uh, imagine the the tether ball. Do you remember that game when you were a kid? Mm -hmm. Stick and the ball. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I always imagined everybody needs the stick to go back to. Mm-hmm. You're all at this ball on a string and you're whipping around. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you got to wrap yourself around the pole and you have to have that pole. Mm-hmm. And we forget where that is or we don't have it or whatever. You need people in your life to either be that pole for you, whether it's your family, mm-hmm. or you need people who are mentoring you to be like, go back to the pole. Mm-hmm. And that, that applies for all of us. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think, I think kids need mentors and I think that that's, and people need mentors. People. I mean, Absolutely. I still, I still have a like. I have used my whole career making sure that I always have a mentor at every stage. That's excellent. That was just actually one of my follow up questions was if you have had those people that you look up to, and what are some key characteristics? Because I know I myself have had always have had mentors as well, but there's times that it takes longer to build relationships. Yes. So normally, depending on where you are in your career, have you found key? Key ways, let's say I'm thinking of yes. key takeaways that our listeners can just, if they're shy, maybe, yeah. and they can't reach out to someone because they're not as proactive as sure. somebody else. What are some key things that you have found that have worked really well in your mentoring relationships with people throughout your career? You know, I, I think there's different ways to find mentors. There is, you know, programs that are offered that are, you know, designed to provide that mentorship, you know, an actually organized program, which can be great. Um, and if, you know, if you want an organized kind of program and you don't know how to find a mentor, sometimes that's the best place to start and it'll help kind of build the skills of being a mentee, which by the way, it's a, there's a skill to it as well. Mm -hmm. Not just being a mentor, but a skill to being a mentee. So there's that, but then there's the natural relationships. You know, some people just automatically become your mentors. My first professional mentor I ever had was my old boss. And for the 12 years I worked with him. He was kind of an academic mentor to me. He taught me everything I needed to know about being a commercial real estate lawyer, how to to have a practice and what it meant. And, you know, that's what you need as a young lawyer. You need to understand how to practice law Mm -hmm. and what your professional criteria needs to be. And at some point, you will then outgrow a mentor. I mean, Mm -hmm. you don't need them anymore to help you figure out how to do the substance of your job. You know how to do it. 
but then what's next? Mm -hmm. So then you start to realize you need a mentor that's growing you in the next stage. So for me, when I left that mentor behind, the next stage of having a mentor was I needed someone to help me lead and manage a practice because mm -hmm. I was no longer needing to learn academically how to do my work. Mm -hmm. I needed to learn how to build a practice, how to manage it, and how to lead a practice. And, you know, I had it in my head that I just needed somebody naturally to be my mentor mm -hmm. until I got really good advice from somebody that says, if you know somebody that you think you would like to learn from, reach out to them and ask them to be your mentor. Mm -hmm. And there's no greater compliment than receiving somebody an email from or a call from somebody saying, look, I really admire you mm -hmm. and I love what you've done with your career. I'd love to learn from you. I mean, no, nobody's ever going to be like offended by that conversation. Now, the question becomes whether they have the time or space or whatever. Are they available? Yes. Are they available? Mm -hmm. And by the way, mentorship is what you make of it, both sides. True. Mentors get out what they put in, get in what they put in, get out what they put in. Yeah, that was right. And mentees... Same thing. So I approached the managing partner of my current firm. She used to be a um, full-time commercial litigator, so we don't have the same practice area at all. Mm -hmm. But she is now the CEO and managing member of our firm. And I have watched her manage the firm, and I, I love the way she manages the firm. Mm -hmm. I love her ideals. I liked her management approach. I like her practical and positive attitude towards managing a firm. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that suited what I, I thought I was inclined to and what I wanted to learn more about. Mm -hmm. So I sought her out and I emailed her and I said, I'd like you to mentor me. And what's your availability look like to do that? You know, how would this work? And she said, you tell me I'm available to you as a resource. Um, and I meet with her, you know, once a quarter. Mm -hmm. And I sit down with her and I kind of go through what my issues are, what my challenges are, how do I deal with this a little better. So I think you can find a mentor in lots of different ways. And I don't think you should be shy about asking for a mentor. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, you can be shy. But I think, you know, with anything in life, you kind of have to stretch yourself a little, right? I mean, we can sit there and be like, I wish um, things would come to me because I'm a little shy. But... Sometimes, you know, growing means we put ourselves in uncomfortable situations yes. and getting out of the comfort zone. Yeah, and mm -hmm. and and that that's just got to be like, you know what? It, that's where I said like that persistence and that like I'm going to do this. You kind of have to use it as you're like I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. And I need this kind of guidance. And maybe if you are that shy person, this is your opportunity to be like I'm going to take this opportunity to learn how to not be, you know, wrapped up in my own shyness but like really take the bull by the horns and and you shouldn't change your personality mm -hmm. by the way yeah. you need to be authentic to yourself but how how much do you need to be more flexible to learn or grow sure. as a person to get to where you need to be mm -hmm. and do you think going along those lines i think sometimes thinking about my experiences i think it has taken me that time to self-reflect and know exactly what i'm needing at a specific time in life There's been times where I've been so confused and I'm like, I don't even know. I don't even know if I can set up a relationship <laughs> yes. in terms of mentoring yes. for me to actually get out of where I'm at. Um, and then there's been times that I've been so clear that I've just been like, yes, this is what I want to do. Yeah. You know? And and I and that's another thing that I want our listeners to know that those those are that's completely fine too. Progress through clairvoyancy is the easiest path, right? Mm -hmm. Like you know what you want, you're clear, you're 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 achieving, you're getting, you're getting it done. Yes. And that's great. But I actually think the growth happens in the self-reflection, in the times where you doubt yourself. Mm -hmm. Because those are the moments you go back and you say to yourself, go big or go home. Yes. Like, do I end this now or do I redirect or reroute? Mm -hmm. And 
you know, for me personally, when I, so, you know, I've talked to you about this a little bit, but when I left my old mentor, which is, I left my old firm mm -hmm. and I moved to the firm I'm at now, um, you know, I, I made that change because I had outgrown where I was from where I wanted to be. That doesn't mean that it wasn't a great firm or whatever. I just, I wanted to be at X and I knew I wasn't going to get to X where I was. Mm -hmm. So the choice came to me and it was a difficult one um, because I had relationships there for 12 years. I had this mentor. I had great clients that I worked with and I did not know where I was coming or going if I was going to make this decision. But at some point it became very clear to me that I had a goal and I wanted to be at X and I wasn't going to get there where I was. So I, I pushed myself out of a comfort zone and I interviewed at a bunch of law firms and with a colleague of mine. And when we interviewed at the law firm I'm at now, it became very clear to me that based on those interviews, I was going to get to X. That this was, a, this was a place that would support me getting to that place to get to where I wanted to go. So I make the change and it was the most difficult professional time of my life. Um, I left people behind. It got ugly. You know, things were not, you know, I've, I've soiled relationships with people um, to some degree at, at my old firm, but it was a necessary evil and it was difficult. And I had a lot of times, you know, in that two months before I left and the, I think it was two months before I left and God, almost a year after I left where I asked myself, did I make the right decision? Am I really going to go where I'm going to go? Did I, am I right about this? Did I leave an opportunity behind? Yes. And did I make a mistake by making a leap and having faith in myself that I needed to be at X? Like, what is happening? And, you know, it was, I relied a lot on, you know, coaching, a lot on friends, a lot on family to really, you know, that part of that soul searching was people sitting back with me being like, you are who you are and you got to be, you, you know who you are. Yes. You're not wrong about that. Like, it, you know, when you say you're doubting yourself, it's doubt of who you really are, right? Like you're sitting there being like, I, th I thought I was this person. Am I not this person? And you got to step back and be like, no, 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 I am this person. And I believe in that person. And that person, if I don't believe in, I said this a million times, I don't believe in me. No one else will. And isn't that interesting, Serena? Because I think, I mean, you've mentioned very key very key facts into helping you kind of transition. You're talking yes. about you did have a, a circle of trusted uh, family yes. and friends. And I think that's key because if you don't have that, then how do you voice those doubts? Because oftentimes if you just have those doubts and just kind of keep to yourself, you're going to be there for a while. And you spin. You spin. You spin yeah. in your own wheels. And you don't have somebody being like, hey, what are you talking about, girl? Mm -hmm. You're going to be fine. You yeah. know, like this is... You know, and I had that and I, and I relied on those resources and, and, you know, to some degree help I did, you know, I have been seeing a life coach for a year. I love her. She's done amazing work with me to help me refocus on that goal, that X goal that all of a sudden felt like, what did I just do where I dropped everything to think I was going to be at this goal and now I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to achieve that, like self-doubt and, yes. and this feeling of like, I don't think I'm going to do this. And, and honestly, I mean, the minute I kind of wrap my head around, you no, know, I made this decision and I'm going to make it work and I believe in myself. And like, this is going to be, 
maybe this is going to be different than I thought it was, mm. or maybe it's going to be hard, yeah. but like, how do I keep doing this and how do I keep showing up for myself and how do I keep being authentic to myself? Exactly. You know, you, you do it and then, yeah, you rely on that support and, and maybe, and, and that's what I said, like, don't be afraid also to get therapy, to get a life coach. I mean, it doesn't even just have to be your friends. It can be professional people that can sit down with you and be like, let me help you refocus on who you are because mm-hmm. sometimes they need to hear you. You have to hear yourself say things out loud yeah. and then for someone to put it back in your face and say, you just told me exactly what you said. Exactly. You said you've outgrown that place. Mm-hmm. So how can you even think that staying there would have been the right decision? And when I heard that back to myself, I was like, you're right. I did outgrow it. Mm-hmm. And that was a comfort zone mm-hmm. and I needed to get uncomfortable because I'm not going to get to the stars by sitting and coasting at this level. I mean, that's just not True. how things happen. True. And I mean, I think, I think that's one thing that I noticed in, in, I think professional and in, in career as well. The, the idea that we, I don't know so much if we shouldn't ask for help, but the, I have everything I am put together. Yes. I can't. <laughs> and I think sometimes I know professionally, sometimes I've even, I've, it hasn't been helpful for me because I've actually needed to learn. Yes. It's like you were saying, it's in those moments where you're learning the most, but you are also thinking of society in general. Yeah. You know, like my family is expecting this of me. My work environment is expecting this of me. So I think I did, I have had periods in my career where I have such a hard self-doubt and I'm like, I can't reach out to people. They can't see that I'm not that perfect, perfect that perfect yes. person. I think perfectionism i think it's good to a certain extent but i think it, it oh has... it's, it's debilitating right i mean mm-hmm. I, I look at this as two fundamental problems that i think women particularly face right yes. the idea that we have to be perfect to succeed correct and that we can't let anybody know that we're not perfect yes. and i struggle with that all the time mm-hmm. i mean i love people thinking i'm perfect and i have it all together yes but part of my humility has come from realizing i'm not You know, like yeah. that mm-hmm. feeling of like, I'm pretty darn close yeah, and exactly. I, and I, and do I like the person I'm being? Well then gosh darn it, isn't that good enough? Yeah. But I struggle with it because there's a huge part of me that wants people to think of me as unbreakable, mm-hmm. perfect, without vulnerability. You know, I am the strength. I'm going to lead this team. I'm the best. And the second part of that is this like imposter syndrome that yes. everybody talks about. And it is so real, right? Because... I think women really get into the position of like, ooh, I got, I mean, this happened to me, right? So like I go into my new firm and I'm like, I got this job and they really believe in me and like, oh, like not all these clients came and followed me. Like, did I sell them on somebody that I'm not? Mm -hmm. And it took my managing partner to sit down with me and say, we didn't hire you because of your clients. We hired you because we know that you are going to build this practice and we mm-hmm. see you as this person who's just going to build this. And I needed to hear that oh, back. Oh, yes. I was going to say, that's exactly, sometimes you, that's all you need to hear. Yeah. You get the work done, you just need those words. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, but what, what I realized is I was like, oh, I know what this is. This is the imposter syndrome. I don't feel like I deserve to be here. So then you couple that with like, I need to be perfect. It's it's like, I don't think I need to be here. And if I show people I'm not perfect, I, they're going to realize I, I shouldn't be here, mm-hmm. right? Like I fooled them. I fooled them by my perfectionist yeah. attitude that I just deserve to be here. But if they know there's a chink in the armor that I'm not perfect, they're going to kick me out. Yeah. They're going to leave me stranded. I mean, mm-hmm. that's like relationships, friendships, everything, exactly. right? You have, you meet a friend. This is like the most obvious, right? And you're yeah. like, I'm going to have it all together mm-hmm. and it's going to be great. And one day 
you need your friend to support you in a very vulnerable moment. Mm-hmm. You're like, uh-oh. How do I, how do I, how even, do I how change do I this friendship? About it? Right. <laughs> and we know how to do that personally, yeah. but professionally, that is much harder. It's harder. Right? And so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you want to be perfect. You want to do a great job in your, in, in what you do. And I, I think that goes a long way. I mean, I don't think you can succeed without having some sort of perfectionism mm-hmm. in you or wanting to be fantastic at what you do. Mm-hmm. But I actually think that there is, is there, there's a huge strength in asking for help. Mm, yes. For delegating. Yes. And for realizing you need a mentor. Yes. You know, all of those things, you cannot succeed alone. You, you succeed because you have a village of people yes. around you, behind you, in front of you that are mm-hmm. helping you get that's there. That's true. And, you know, that, that's, just, that's just a fact we have to, to embrace in order to be successful. Yes. And I think knowing, I mean, I, you've, you were talking about a trajectory of, you know, going to school, mm. going to law school, and then, you know, building, building your career. I mean, right out of college, how was that for you? Because oftentimes I know people face that difficulty of saying, oh, you know, I, I studied biology, but what do I do now? Yeah. Or, oh, I studied, you know, sociology in my case, and I'm like, what do I do now? Yeah. I mean, gosh, that's, you know, what finding your vocation or your passion, which is where I feel like I'm at, and I'm, I'm lucky, I, I recognize how lucky I am for that. I think it takes a lot of self-awareness and it, uh, it takes you the time to figure out what am I good at? Not who do I want to be? What job do I want to do? Ooh, I really like what that. am I good at? What am I good at? That's key. And oftentimes I don't think we spend enough time trying thinking to about what out. we're good at. We're mm-hmm. always thinking about what we're not good at, right? True. Like we yes. spend so much time beating ourselves up about I'm not good at this. But what am I good at? Mm-hmm. And then if you figure out all the things you're good at, suddenly you can start thinking about, well, what kinds of careers and jobs would make me do a job where I can use all the strengths I have? And the interesting thing is like, that didn't happen to me, right? Like I had this job. Okay. I wanted to be a lawyer. Okay. I did it. Oh, lucky me. It turned out great. And now I do a strengths finder test, you Mm -hmm. know, and I figure out what my strengths are. And now I look at it and I'm like, oh, that's why I feel like my business plan is expanding. Mm -hmm. It's not just being a lawyer, you know, doing the work. It's, I get it now. Now I know why I'm super passionate about mentorship and, um, you know, serving on diversity and inclusion committees and boards because I recognize that certain qualities of my strengths are leaning towards those propensities. Mm -hmm. So, okay, well then sure. Given my background, how do I meld the two together? Because as I said, like you're always growing. Yes. What I thought I would be and have, you know, my legal career when I graduated from law school Mm -hmm. is very different than where I'm at now. now. And that's key. And I mean, that's why I knew I wanted to have you as a guest because, you know, like I said, we've been, I want to say for the probably good 10 years where it's the landscape of work mm-hmm. and profession and career has changed completely. And I think we don't, we're only getting even probably further to changing so much, innovating. Yes. How do we keep up with it? Yeah. So what are some key points? Like since, since you're still telling us that it's so different, you know, like. Because it sounds like you still have that foundation, right? You're talking yes. about your strengths. So you obviously have gotten to know yourself more. Yes. Who you are, what yes. you want. So yeah. what, what has kind of taken you to that point of saying, you know what? It's changed and I'm okay with it. And this is where I want to go. So I think it's a question of being comfortable with change, right? Ooh, I mean, that's a good one. You know, when you sit there and you 
pretend like life is not going to change or that you are not you are not going to change or the people around you or the landscape is not going to change you will have a problem yes i agree but if you're willing to say to yourself i accept that i will change i accept that the landscape around me will change and i accept that i need to change all of a sudden life becomes more interesting actually mm -hmm. Like because that. instead of it being like stagnant and being a lawyer for the rest of my life and I'm building a commercial real estate practice, I mean, to me, that's still exciting, by the way. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I mean, in 10 years, that might be boring for me. Yeah. So what I want to say to myself is, okay, uh, I'm accepting the fact that I might change. Mm -hmm. And change gives me opportunity to grow. Yes. And change gives me opportunity to see different aspects of myself. So how do I embrace that change? And... And so that, so that, to me, that's the most important thing is recognizing that not only does the landscape change, but also acknowledging that we change as people mm -hmm. and then being mindful of that in, in your goal setting. So yes. like, you'll never, don't even, don't even try to say, this is what I wanted to do and I'm going to do it forever. Mm -hmm. Embrace the fact that you're like, this is what I wanted to do. And by the way, that might change. I mean, mm -hmm. I graduated from law school and I thought I was going to be a commercial litigator. Mm-hmm. And now I'm a real estate transactional lawyer. I mean, I do, I don't go into court. Mm -hmm. I don't litigate. Um, and that changed. I mm -hmm. mean, it was the job market. It was where I was placed. It was actually like my background suited it quite well, to be mm -hmm. honest, to be in real estate and business law. Um, but it, I, I, I pivoted mm -hmm. and I allowed that change to embrace, you know, me. And I mm -hmm. realized actually this was probably better than I expected. And mm -hmm. then making that opportunity suit me. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So allowing yourself to say, how do I make this job match my authentic person mm -hmm. and who I'm trying to be? That's so good to hear, right? Because oftentimes we go around thinking, oh, I need to adapt. I need to, I know I'm going to a new place. I need to, you know, play low. Yeah. Because a, a lot of the times, unfortunately, that's what we've been taught. Yeah. You know, we've been taught depending on what culture we're coming from or where we were raised. Okay, so Lay that low, you will eventually adjust, you will adapt, you will get there. You know, it's it's I the think, way I think of it is, is it's a mentality that we've been. I think we're getting away from it, but it's still there. Yeah, it's ingrained in us. I mean, mm -hmm. you bring up something that I think about very often, which is um, the immigrant complex, right? Yes. Your parents are immigrants. You come to this country, and you're taught two things. By the way, when you're you're a child of an immigrant, it's you have to work hard. Because you get nowhere without working hard. That's fantastic. Check, check. Good mm -hmm. to our parents for teaching us that. Yes. But the second piece is a little more complicated. It's put your head down and go with the flow. Yes. Right? You don't want to create waves because you're lucky to be here in the first place. Kind mm -hmm. of. And you think any minute now something might be taken away from you. Yep. So that's the part that I think. And this, and this by the way, I think is very common with children of um, whose parents were immigrated to the United States or Canada in my case. But I think it's in a lot of people, which is we don't want to push yes. the needle and we are so afraid of being our authentic selves mm -hmm. because if people find out who I am, I'm not going to fit in. True. I'm not going to work. They're not going to mm -hmm. want me. Instead of realizing, and, and, and this is a huge part of why I think like diversity and inclusion is so ingrained in me as, is something I'm passionate about is because we don't become innovative as companies, as people, as organizations, we don't become progressive and we don't understand change if we don't understand that the people around us 
are when they are being authentic have the capacity to make us better yes absolutely i've noticed that in the projects i've done and all the work i have done in my career i've noticed when the people actually know why the change is happening and they understand it yes they are like yeah I'm, I'm in with you. I'm, I'm on board. I'm on board with this change, and they and they know that they trust. They trust me to walk them through that change. Yep. But I've taken that time to actually get to the root of it in that sense. Yep. Where it's like, what is this about? You know, since we all, since you like you were saying, change is a constant. So how how do we work with it? Embrace it. Exactly. Right. And then and and to understand that we all bring these perspectives that only not only change the landscape but only make us better. Right. Sure. I mean, the various different perspectives we learn from ourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean. I don't necessarily say I know all the answers to being a woman or being a person of color. Um, I surely do not understand what it would be like being a person uh, who is, you know, a gay or lesbian. Um, mm-hmm. I certainly don't know what it would be like being a person who is trans identified mm-hmm. or a person with a handicap. I don't know that, mm-hmm. but I need to expose myself to those so that I can be a better human yes. and provide a landscape that works for humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and that, that is. where I think the world is going to end up being. I don't know how long it's going to take, Mm -hmm. but we need to be part of a culture that accepts that. And by the way, the firms and organizations that do that early on are going to be the most successful. True. Because what we've already, what what it has already shown us is how flexible and adaptable they can be. Mm -hmm. And frankly, those are the organizations that succeed. True. No, I think that's even proven history. History has proven that far and beyond. Um, And we're, Trying to look at into wrapping up a little bit our podcast for the day. I am so glad you were able to to make it. We're yes. having these conversations. I uh, I've known you for a while, and I know that you're a like you said a hard worker. You're positive, and you set those goals that you have had. And you even if there's things coming your way, you make sure that you still know that there's that goal. Yes. You know whether that means reaching out to people, but I something that I sense is how confident you are. And nowadays, I think it's. It's difficult to think of, you know, what does it mean to be confident? Like, how how do you how are you even confident? Like, what does that yeah. look like? Gosh, that's a good question because confidence isn't I'm not going to fail. It's not that. Mm-hmm. Confidence isn't I'm the best in the room. Yes. Confidence is I believe in myself to be able to weather whatever comes towards me. Mm-hmm in the best way I know how. Oh, that's perfect. And that's all I do. Mm-hmm. It's, I know that I can figure it out. Yes. The best way I know how, mm-hmm. and then honor that path. Yes. And that may mean failure. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that may mean wrong turns and wrong decisions, um, but it's a belief in yourself that you'll be fine. Yeah. And then rerouting, you know, like some, you know, when you're on your GPS and you take the wrong turn mm-hmm. and the GPS is like rerouting. Yeah. Life is a lot of rerouting. Oh yes. Agreed. But all you have to do is kind of be like, all right, I'm, I'm in a rerouting phase. I mean, mm-hmm. it just happens. I took the wrong turn. All mm-hmm. right. Well, it doesn't mean I'm not going to get to the place I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. I'm just taking a different path. Yeah. And that's what you have to remember is in these moments where things become difficult is rerouting is not necessarily bad. And by the way, Rerouting can lead you to a whole bunch of a whole branch of other things you were not even think you'd be exposed to, True. which can create its own set of opportunities mm-hmm. 
and networks and people that you're supposed to be exposed to in your life. I yeah. mean, if you are a person that, like I am that believes everything happens for a reason, mm-hmm. then those moments of failure or mistake or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. to the rerouting, yeah. frankly, are, are likely a path you needed to go down that will mm-hmm. teach you gifts, talents, strengths, experiences that you needed probably to get to where you wanted to go that you just didn't even realize mm-hmm. you needed. I mean, I don't know how many times it's happened to me where something has happened and I was like, oh man, I expected it to go here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it didn't go the way you planned. But mm-hmm. you end up there and you're like, oh my gosh, had that not happened, I don't I think I would missed. actually have been here. Yeah, I would have missed because, this opportunity. Yeah, and I don't think that I realized I needed that skill mm-hmm. or that contact or that mm-hmm. person to get me to where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that kind of that's the confidence is like, God, everything's gonna work out the way it's supposed to. Yeah. And I mean you know, and this is as cheesy as it sounds, but maybe the best way to, to end off on is be true to who you are. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, I mean, at the end of the day, you start going off of who you are, you will most certainly be rerouting and not in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you will spend all that time trying to get back to who you are. Yeah. And if you're just constantly thinking about like, who am I and being true to that person you'll end up exactly where you're supposed to go. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Thank you so much for sharing that because I think that's another, you know, one of the purposes of the podcast too is for, for people, um, some of the next episodes that we have coming up, we'll have that opportunity. I'll be bringing different guests and just kind of exploring what does it mean to be, you know, we oftentimes talk about like your authentic self, yes. be who you are, <laughs> but you know, you've mentioned it in yeah. today's podcast, how it hasn't been always that straight path to that. No. So just taking that time to really be like, who am I and what am I about? Yeah. Because oftentimes, maybe when I remember when I was younger, I, there were things that I wanted to do, kind of like you're saying, you know, yeah. I thought you already knew. But it's like, when you get to be 20 or 30, you're like, oh, where am I at? Like, this isn't exactly where I thought I was going <laughs> to be, right? Yeah. But helping, like, just kind of, I, I really, really like how you said, believe in yourself. And I think this is the message that I want, if anything, our listeners to take from today as well. Like believing in yourself because like you said, if you don't do it, who's gonna, who's gonna believe in you? Yeah. And it starts with that. So as the last thing, who, like who or how were you able to build that? Let's call it a muscle of believing in yourself uh, or, or like yeah. just knowing like, Hey, I know I'm capable. I know my value. I know my worth. Cause sometimes, unfortunately, sometimes people don't have that. Yeah. I mean, God, I, for me, that confidence mm-hmm. Um, I'm saying it in quotes. You can't see me doing mm-hmm. that, but air quotes. That confidence, that belief in myself came from, honestly, my network, my mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. So it starts, you know, with my parents. Yes. Um, my mom and my dad instilling certain values in me. Mm-hmm. And then it came my sisters. Mm-hmm. And then it came with my friends. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I, you know, we don't always have the parents we want to have. We mm-hmm. don't always have the siblings we want to have. Sure. We do get to choose our friends. Yes. We do get to choose our mentors and the people we're around. Sure. And so when in doubt, when the foundational kind of people, I call it your family, is not the best or they're not, you know, the, the support you need to help you believe in yourself. And that, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, that's a real thing. You got to find the friends. Yes. And you, and, and by the way, finding the friends means serving in that capacity to them back. True. Having authentic friendships and having people that believe in you means you gotta believe you gotta have that relationship back with them. Yeah. So you know, I mean, friendships are a tricky thing, but 
I think it's so important that you have people that are your cheerleaders. Yes, absolutely. Um, and advocates. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, and by the way, those are two different things. Mm-hmm. Having someone who is your cheerleader and ha- having someone your and sorry, having someone who's a mentor to you mm-hmm. and having someone who's a cheerleader slash advocate mm-hmm. are different things yes. because mentors are gonna like help you grow mm-hmm. and advocates are the ones that are cheering you on, mm-hmm. right? And. I think you need both. Mm-hmm. And by the way, your friends and family are that. Exactly. So that's how you, I think those are the people you go back to when you're like, I don't know if I can do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, no, no. I believe in you. Yeah. They stop you. They stop you yeah. from going to that place. Yeah. To self-doubt and the, you know, you're going in there and you're just kind of yeah. stuck in there for, for years sometimes. Yeah. Depending on whether or not you're able to get out of there. Yeah. And I think it's okay. I think it's, I think the something that I always advocate for, it's okay to go to those places sometimes where you, if you need to be alone. If you need to find yourself, but you need to get out of there too sometimes. Yeah. And having that network that you're talking about, I think is key. And that you cannot be afraid to lean on. It, absolutely. That you Asking have to help. realize they are critical to your success. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I said this before, I'm going to say it again. Like your village, your tribe, mm-hmm. as everybody calls it, your squad, yes. whatever these nonsense terms are that everybody's mm-hmm. calling them. But it's a real thing. I it mean, is. you need that. Yeah. And to to deny yourself of that, one, it's it's like... Losing the fun of life, frankly. Yeah, yeah. But also, it's a real thing. I mean, mm-hmm. when you consider the world and its progression, families consisted of a neighborhood and yeah, a village and many communities. That community, yes. yeah. And the more and more we get away, you know, get away from that, the more and more we lose ourselves. It's yeah. it's a weird thing. You'd think that the more and more we're singular and we're on our own, we're more ourselves. But the funny thing is, is like actually. The more and more we get away from the village, the neighbors, the family, that mm-hmm. unit, the more and more we lose ourselves. The you more and more we become untethered, you know? Yes. That tether ball that's going around, mm-hmm. the more and more we've lost base at the pole. Yeah. And you got to have the pole to come back to. That's true. That's true. And that sounds strippery, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yes. Well, Serena, it was a pleasure having you. Um, like I said, I, I, I wanted to emphasize that we have careers, we have paths. We all have a, a sometimes this maybe our clarity around our profession is not as clear, uh, but the goal of the podcast is to create and bring those professionals that have had those moments, but then also that have been in a point where they're like, you know, I, I have clarity right now. I'm happy yeah. where I'm at. I have a mission. I am, I want to leave a legacy. Mm-hmm. That's actually, I know from what you mentioned today, that's something important for you. Yeah. I know that that's what it is for me. So I'm just happy to know that, that you know, I can create, bring people that will build that community of legacy as well and, and pass it on to, to people that are coming before us and after us, you know, and just making sure that we share all because we all have different gifts to share. So thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. Have a good day. You too.